0: This is Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardim. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Friends,
1: it's getting closer to Christmas. I don't know how many shopping days left, but uh, the clock is ticking. Anxiety goes up. There's always Amazon. Uh, boy, he did it real quick. Just remarkable. I, uh, I had a woodpecker flying around my house, poking holes into my stucco. Sorry, guys. I had a get some ammunition to try to deal with it. I I didn't, but uh, I tried, made me feel better. Uh, It was Thanksgiving weekend and I had my wife go onto Amazon and order me a slingshot. I'm sorry, animal lovers easy, didn't do anything per se. Dung my stucco more. <laughs> I tried it, uh, so we got a slingshot. It, it showed up within, I don't know, twenty-two hours, and it was like fifteen dollars. I could have the gas alone to go up to Bass Pro, park my car, and walk across that lovely parking lot. Uh, it's like almost a wasteland up there. Uh, big, massive parking lot. It's just pure flat wind, and uh, go find myself a slingshot and oh, couldn't couldn't do it for twice that money. Um, so Amazon does work. Uh, and this is the season uh, of retail. Incredible. Uh, Lots of food inflation still sticky out there. That's going to be a bit of an issue. But the good news is inflation is coming down. Interest rates are lower. I say that, uh, yeah, the central banks haven't lowered interest rates, but the bond market certainly has. And that's giving a bid to uh, a lot of interest-sensitive securities. Uh, Bonds included look much better. Uh, uh, Some of the old dividend aristocrats are looking better. Even big dividend payers are looking a little better. Uh, but tech continues to uh, propel and of course, uh, changing the guards is what Jack and I are always paying attention to this year. Jack, tell me something, um, what is, what has really caught your attention the last couple of weeks in terms of, uh, rotation? What are you really
2: seeing? Well, one of the biggest things that we're seeing, you mentioned about the fixed income that, that I think is driving everything Wolfgang, but you're seeing it across the interest sensitive stuff. So we, we own tel- telcos. so you own, uh, AT&T, we bought that, we bought Verizon. Um, we haven't seen a move with the banks yet, but uh, a lot of the high yielding stuff, uh, high yielding businesses uh, that have a lot of leverage uh, are actually performing quite well. I like and the other, mean, the other the other the yeah. other asset class I think that is starting to perform exceptionally well uh, are the small cap U.S. companies. But
1: you what you said to me last week. Um, uh, it was very, very articulate. You said, Wolf, I see it plain as day that the FANG stocks are not going up. In fact, they're actually giving back. Uh, and I'm seeing the small caps kick into gear. Uh, hence, we put a position on into the uh, small cap index as well. Uh, but anyways, it, it is the time of the season where you do see sector rotation. Um, airlines have been down on the mat uh, tough sector to play. And, uh, you know, as you as you rent an airline seat, do the same with the stock. If you ever dare buy airline stocks, you rent these things. Uh, but travel is supposed to kick into gear. Uh, certainly is the season for it. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I think, in the United States is the busiest travel day. Uh, we're blessed uh, to spend some time this evening with uh, one of our analyst, Mr. Matthew Lee. He's a certified financial analyst. He's been with Canaccord since 2018. Uh, Prior to the research associate at a a Canadian bank, there's only six to pick from, actually five, so it wouldn't be too hard to guess which one. But hey, Jack and I used to work at a Canadian bank as well. And we found greener grass on the other side of the fence. Um, uh, Thank you very much for spending time with us, Matt. Uh, Good evening and uh, welcome to the weekend, my friend.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Let
1: us let's start off. You you cover uh aerospace, airlines, uh, some diversified financials and industrials. Let's let's start off with the airlines. Uh we were actually out with a good friend of ours from T D uh a couple of days ago, uh Vitali, who's been on this show before. Uh he's he's a head of research over at T D and uh it's nice to speak to the competition and get their ideas. But he thinks perhaps Air Canada could be uh, a little interesting um uh what they say, puddle jump? Yeah, a little puddle jump. <laughs> uh what do you think uh, at these levels? Uh, is, is
3: it worthy of uh, flirting with? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a name that it does oscillate when things go up and down, right? So, you know, any worry about passenger demand, any worry about fuel costs, that's going to hurt the stock, and it has over the last couple of months. But, you know, the reverse is also true. So, when you start seeing strength in terms of the consumer, you know, the demand for flying into the summer, you start seeing fuel costs coming down as they have been in the last couple of weeks you know, that's going to be a boon. So, um, you know, even at, you know, the $19 range worth kind of hitting right now, I mean, not as cheap as it was last week, but certainly, um, definitely something to look at. Hmm. Um. You know what
1: name I am interested in? Uh, it's just a little small for my comfort level because I tend to buy companies uh, with a, market valuation of north of five billion dollars which believe it or not is not very big uh in fact in the united states it's called a small cap still at five billion and here at home it's hard to find companies over that level believe it or not but cargo jet uh they they they're a, a last minute uh, air freight transporting company i watched them go public Good golly, 20 years ago, uh, I met management, uh, very, very uh, uh, focused management team back then. I'm not sure if it's the same individual uh, uh, who actually founded the company, took it public, is still with the firm. You you would know that. But uh stuck him under a lot of pressure for the last three years. Uh, COVID obviously hurt it immensely. Uh, technically, it looks like it's found a bit of a floor and is turning higher. Uh, what are your views on on CargoJet? How do you feel about it? Uh, what's the, how's the math looking to you?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a name that has a monopoly in e-commerce in Canada, right? So it's it's not last-minute delivery necessarily, it's next day. So you think about all those Amazon packages and the demand from consumers, you kind of mentioned it, right? Yeah. You know, everyone wants to get their package as soon as possible, and Amazon is committed to doing that. You know, within the Canadian market, that's 100% going to be cargo jet's volume. So you think about the growth of that type of e-commerce story over the long term, right? I mean, yes, it did a very, very nice job during COVID. It got a huge bump. It's back down now. Um, You know, valuation looks very reasonable at these points. And to me, this is one of those things you can kind of own and forget in a lot of ways because, you know, e-commerce isn't going away, right? The Demand for e-commerce is going to continue to be strong. It was actually a name that we highlighted in a report a couple of weeks ago as, you know, if there's any weakness going into tax loss selling season i'd be picking this up and uh you know so far it's been a good trade um that
1: is a season. A tax loss. Weak stocks get weaker. Uh, you know, people have booked a lot of gains, perhaps in Nvidia and Fang uh, type names. Uh, booked a lot of gains. You may want to offset them with some losses, and therefore the names that are down since you purchased them, likely down on the year, uh, tend to come under further pressure for the next few weeks. Anyways, uh, exchange income fund. Uh, that's a a little tuck in. Uh, stock that uh, we also own in our portfolio. Uh, I've held it for a number of years, Matt. Uh, I met management back at our Boston conference. Uh, I had a one-on-one with management again about a year and a half ago in our offices. Uh, Exchange Income Fund is just a diversified industrial friends. If you haven't heard about it, uh, they have a uh, an airline business that's basically a medevac business. They have a construction business. Uh, they have a surveillance business. They get lots of government revenue. Uh, very very interesting company uh it's it's quite unknown which i also like about it um and the stock was working so well for so long, but then uh, I bought a little more of it and knocked it down uh, single-handedly, took it lower. Uh, and uh, this name I did not cut. Uh, often I will cut my losses, move on, take a tax loss, move on. But I'm not actually down on the trade, or even on the trade, so I couldn't I couldn't use the tax loss excuse as another reason to sell. So I did hang on to it. But technically, Matt uh, Exchange Income Fund looks better. Uh, you know, it found perhaps found a bottom and a bit of base and turning the corner. Um, How do you feel about the name? Because, again, it's just been a a good return on equity, uh, balance sheet focused, growth oriented industrial company. Has anything really changed with
3: the story on exchange? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about exchange, the the word that comes to mind is diversification, to your point, right? I mean, they have enough types of businesses within their kind of conglomerate, let's say to weather any type of storm right I mean so many of their businesses are stable their government contracts to your point you know they win a lot of different flying contracts and you know places in, in Canada that other people can't fly and so for that point I mean you know looking to 2024 even the guidance they the game looks conservative so you know this is a name that has got a six percent dividend yield right now the cash flows are exceptional um, you know, they continue to develop the revenue growth story. Um, I like it here. I think you know they're down ten percent on the year, but you know this is not one of those names where you're at any risk really of seeing significant um, you know cash flow reductions. you know the managers are very smart about managing their capital, uh, you know, investing for good return on equity uh, and the like. So you know I, I like exchange as well here. Uh,
1: if you're just tuning in, show about money Hi fi radio. I am Wolfgang Klein along with my partner. Jack Hartle. Uh, we are money managers and, well, we tend to the money of about 300 Canadian families. Uh, happy to help you out if you have any questions. Never hesitate to reach out to Jack or I WolfgangKlein.com. The Wolf on WolfgangKlein.com. TheWolfOnBayStreet.com is how you can find us. Uh, we are spending some time this evening with Matthew Lee. Uh, he's an analyst, uh, covers airlines, transports, industrials, uh, a little bit of internet gaming as well. Hmm. That's an interesting group to Throw into your desk and sign the times, eh? Less pay, more work, Matt? I hope so. (laughs) Stay tuned. We're going to get back with Matt right here on Hi Fi Radio 640 Toronto.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back. type by Radio. It's Saturday night. I'm going to spend some time with you talking money. Would you like more of it? No. Well, you got to work and you got to save and you got to invest. Yep. Work, save, invest. Uh, you get to control how much you contribute into the marketplace. Uh, you also get to control how much money you spend as you exit the marketplace, but that's basically, you know, you're doing, that's what you get to control, how much goes in and how much goes out. Uh, And if you commit to a good long-term program of quality and you keep putting money in, you'll have more than enough on the way out. But it's so, so important. Uh, Manage the things that you can control Um, and use history as a guide as to what to expect. History is such stocks outperform bonds two to one over time. Uh, and that said bonds have been knocked down hard for three years. Uh, and really anything with a lot of debt has been hurt. Um, personally, and I don't mean me, but I mean with, you know, some of you friends at home uh, are witnessing it as your mortgages are coming due. You're feeling the pinch from 2% interest rate to six and 7% interest. Same, same goes for companies as well. And that's where, when you're investing in the world, balance sheets do matter. Uh, assets and liabilities. You have to make sure that there's lots of assets covering hopefully very few liabilities. And it's amazing. Uh, people tend to comb balance sheets at the wrong time, i.e. when it's sort of too late. Uh, you want to look at the balance sheet before you enter a stock. Now, the, uh, the airlines is a sector that I always go back to that tend to get themselves into too much debt too much lease agreement. Yes, interest rates indeed affect so many things. Uh, From an investment point of view, you want to make sure that you're buying good quality businesses that have rising sales, rising earnings, and a very manageable, ideally under-levered balance sheet. Um, Airlines are notorious for having too much debt. Uh, Airlines also take many of their obligations and put them off balance sheet, notably lease agreements. Um, is that still the case, Matthew, uh, whereby these obligations like leases on airplanes are in fact not viewed on balance sheets?
3: Uh, no, you know, we when we think about leases, we actually uh, add them back now uh, thanks to IFRS. So when you think about a uh, name like Air Canada... With their debt levels where it is, it's actually uh, you know built into that number.
1: So that's good. Uh, so now now you're able to see the off uh, those off balance sheets items are back on balance sheet. Uh, yeah, the world of accounting just continues to change and evolve, doesn't it? Um, certainly, uh, change changes the landscape, but hopefully for for the better. Uh, so in terms of the the airline sector, uh, the balance sheets today with with current interest rates, d- does it cause you concern?
3: You know, not really. I think that's, the airline industry overall has done a very good job of, you know, looking at the cash flow they've created over the last couple of years, and then putting it to reducing debt. Um, when you think about a name like Air Canada, you know they produced, you know, some odds of probably two billion dollars of free cash flow in the last year. That's all gone to reduce leverage. So if you look at leverage right now, it's in a far better position than it was last year, and especially during COVID.
4: Right. Uh,
1: another name that looks a lot better in the space is Boeing. I know you don't cover Boeing, um, but a good friend of mine said, he made a really good point. This was JJ, Jack. You'll like this. Uh, JJ said to me, he said, Wolf, I I try to use one of those convex mirrors. You know those mirrors in in parking lots that allow you to see around the corner? So you find items that act as a convex mirror that give you clues as to what's around the corner. Boeing firming up. uh, They obviously make planes. It's obviously based on orders and deliveries. Um, does that speak to better days ahead for the airline sector?
3: I mean, it's tough to say. I would say, you know, as an overarching kind of comment, anything that's related to the airline benefits with greater global travel. So, you know, I mean, that it has global exposure to travel in the context of where we're going in the next probably five to ten years, you know, has positive probably GDP plus growth.
1: But then if I flip it around, another name you do follow is CAE, and that's trending sure. in the wrong direction. So again, CAE Friends is a Canadian company, and they offer flight simulation services to pilots as they have to train and retrain on different and new airlines. Uh, why has that stock got a bit of a down arrow on it?
3: I mean, you know, CAE is a kind of interesting story. It's kind of a two-parter here. On one hand, they have a civil aviation business, which has simulators for big airlines. Uh, that business has been tremendous, EBITDA growth, EBIT growth. Um, you know, continuous volume increases, new training facilities around the world. So, you know, in our view, that's kind of a gem business. They have a fundamental monopoly almost globally on that business. So, uh, you know, they control share, and it's a very attractive, high cash flow business. It sounds um, like you're at an farm?
1: airport, uh, Matt. It really does. It sounds like you're just about to board a plane, although you're not. You're actually in the middle of a, uh, I guess, fire drill yeah. where you are. So, look, Matt, we're going to let you go. Uh, I do want to thank you for your time. Uh, good overview on Air Canada and CAE Cargo Jet. Uh, next time we'll chat uh, Chorus Aviation, a little re- uh, regional uh, carrier uh, in Canada. Uh, have a great weekend, Matt. Uh, yeah, we are going to pivot over to a good friend of ours, Mr. Michael Hainsworth. Uh I think it's a bit of a bone to pick with uh, Elon. I like Elon. Uh, Hainsey, not so much. Um, again, it's all about business. It's a show about money. sci fi Radio. Jack and I bring this show to you each and every Saturday right here on 640. Uh, do tell your friends if you want them to have more money, although we do hate it when our friends become successful. But you know something? Turn the other cheek and help others have. Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto. Well, I remember every little thing as if it happened on me yesterday. Welcome back. Lake and there was not another
1: car My friends. Great tune, isn't it? I may have mentioned this last week, uh, watched a great documentary on uh, Netflix, I guess, maybe Prime, I'm not sure which one it was, probably Netflix, on the uh, making of Bad Out of Hell. Uh, They had a heck of a time getting a record label to buy that record. Every label thought they were just, it just didn't work. Uh, 35 million copies sold later. Uh, Just a piece of art, truly, truly is. Yep, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Mr. Michael Hainsworth, uh... Contributing editor, IDC and host of Where's My Jetpack. How are you, my friend?
4: I'm not too bad. Um I, I've been better. I'm I'm a little disappointed that I'm going to have to rebuild my Twitter following on Zuckerberg's version of it <laughs> called Meta. You know, for every person I've got following me on on the new site, I had thirteen following me on the last one, and it's just it's such an uphill battle.
1: Why why is that? I don't understand. Didn't they just pour it over uh, when he changed the name to Axe?
4: No, not at all. The issue is, is that I'm not using Twitter the way I used to use Twitter. And by the way, I'm still insisting we call it Twitter. I, I still call it Skydome. I
1: call it Skydome. <laughs> I call, it, I call Rogers, it Maple Leaf Gardens. Suck a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, but we're I dating ourselves Twitter. doing so. Uh, you know, There's a risk to it, Michael. We're dating ourselves. I date myself with my musical tastes. Uh, how about, uh, just for fun, Taylor Swift worth a billion dollars? Do you get that? I don't get it.
4: Listen, I'm confused. I have that one confuses long-term me. Long term hearing damage from sitting through that three hour movie of her concert with my swifty daughter great daddy daughter bonding experience but now as i lie in bed at night i hear this low rumble that sounds like a diesel electric locomotive idling a block away
1: oh good lord oh that's uh that's powerful wow um so i like elon musk uh i really do i think i'm so pleased to be living in a time when we have Uh, a person like that. Uh, Steve Jobs, Thomas Edison, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk. Um, Yeah, they're good people. Uh,
4: There's there's only one that I agree with you on that, by the way, and that's Bill Gates. And I had a long time coming around on Bill Gates, but all the rest were garbage can kickers and charlatans.
1: Whoa, whoa, come on. So what's your beef with Musk?
4: Well, I've got a whole bunch of them, you know. Not the least of which, from an investor perspective, which is a conversation that I'm, I'm sure we're having here, is is you think about the key risks associated with being associated with this man. Um, you know, sure, we're seeing a huge increase in the shares of, of Tesla over the last you know year or, or so. It's up what 39% to 18% since uh, over the last five years, it's trading 78 times earnings. That's a mean stock. That's not an investment. That's a risk. And with risk, you have to focus on what those risks are. First of all, the stock's too expensive. The tax breaks for Tesla automobiles have just been cut in half. They're seeing increased competition from Volkswagen, which will be the world's number one EV company behind the Whoa, Chinese. You think in 2024. so? Yeah, Volkswagen? Really? Wow. Volkswagen, Ford, GM, all nip uh,
1: yeah, No, Ford, GM, done. I think done. Jack thinks I, done. I
2: agree with you, Wolf, 100%. But Volks, the, what do you think about Volkswagen, Jack? Uh, I don't know about Volkswagen, but Ford, Ford GM, uh, the traditional North American automakers, done. trading at 10 times earnings. That tells me it's all. The, thing, no, I think maybe six. six, times, six maybe times six. Yeah. They're
1: cheap. They're so cheap, Michael. And what about the um, uh, concept car? What's it called? the Tesla? What's the truck the, called? The, the Cybertruck. Truck. Truck? The Cybertruck. That thing's pretty <laughs> cool, except they won't make money on it. Oh. Um, but it's cool. It, it's good, gonna it's good not going to make No, the no company,
4: money. The, Musk himself admitted that he, he, the company dug its grave by launching the product. Kids are going to be throwing rocks at the thing from the <laughs> side of the road. Sure. Yeah, you're going to have Joe Rogan oh. pro- shooting arrows at the thing and, you know, not being able to pierce the skin.
1: Yeah, so you'll scratch the paint you for ever, sure. You'll scratch the paint. I wouldn't have be
4: Have you happy. ever dinged your refrigerator, your, your the, nice wor- aluminum the
1: worst. the worst. You have to live with it for the for, forever. The worst.
4: You're never going to fix drive that. You crazy, drive you crazy. Drive you crazy.
1: Drive you. You walk by that every morning. You see that thing. And, and it's not you. It's always someone else who did it. Ah, oh, you won't exactly. let them down. You just, but you know you know what name? Again, it, it got a bit of clout. Again, I go back to my good friends. It's very frightening. when, and, and you just know something is late and long in the tooth when you get all these tertiary players getting a lot of value valuation. Again, I'm going to go back to It's not tertiary per se, uh, but I just don't think it has it, Jack. And that's Rivian. Uh, Rivian apparently makes like one of the coolest electric trucks out there. Stay. I would just stay away. You don't need to go down the food chain. If you want EV, you got to start with the top of the food chain.
2: Uh, I'm going to still say it's Tesla. Although I, I agree be, with you, Wolf. So in terms of EV, Tesla is vertically integrated. You, you know that for yeah. sure. Uh, so the EV leader. And it's also an energy transition company that's going to lead, I would expect, for the next... At least a decade or more. Is it a tech stock? Is it a power stock? Is it a transport stock? It's I, a I don't know.
4: Stock.
1: It's, not it's definitely stock. not a meme oh, stock. It's oh, not a meme it? stock, Michael Haynesworth. Come oh, on. 100%.
4: And really? I'll tell you, okay, the what's... legal exposure, the legal exposure that Tesla has on the, the lies that Musk has made about full self-driving will be absolutely phenomenal. For this company, the the people behind the scenes have flat out admitted that it is essentially a public experiment on hardware and software at this point. California is even considering banning these types of vehicles from the road because they're killing kids. Okay, well. So what was our now? No, but
1: here's a funny analogy because again, like, you know, when people began driving cars, there was before people drove before there was no cars, there was no car accidents. And when you start to get people driving cars, you began to see car accidents. Accidents, And guess what? Do you remember the 50s? My and dad maybe with a little pop beside them that wasn't necessarily pop on its own. Driving cars. Remember the 50s? The way people used to drive in the 50s and 60s and 70s in Toronto.
2: Yep. I'm no, telling you. It was a no unbelievable. Car seats, no, seat belts. Was like, no car seats, no seatbelts. What's that? No car four, seats, no seatbelts.
1: Four in the front, five yeah. in the back. Yeah. Windows rolled you up and had, people smoking.
4: You had to drag the automotive industry into using seatbelts in the first place. And yeah. when seatbelts were first brought in, they were brought in as options back to Volkswagen. Volkswagen was the inventor of the seatbelt as we know it today. And they made it available for the public at large for free. Michael, Whereas American automakers made you pay for that as an option until we had regulators step in. Michael, we uh, need regulators to step in again on full self-driving. These are vehicles that will break out of nowhere for no real reason leading to accidents. We need to rethink the whole concept of full self-driving on public roads until they're more viable
1: you know you know what's amazing is the uh, airplanes are self-driving both uh and especially landing eh? uh, the, the, all of the landing of that aircraft is done by machine not pilot his hands are just
3: absolutely bes- right. it's
1: remarkable uh it truly is unless you get into a category three storm the pilot must then land the plane on its own but push a button well, and it's all have... done. no michael you, you know what's amazing you know, I, want, I want to move forward here because I, I want to throw something at you like this uh okay. canada has What's our major industry in Canada, Michael and Jack? What's the most biggest industry we have here in Canada?
2: Automotive or energy. Energy Energy for bingo.
1: And what does the world think about fossil energy? Not so much. And Canada saying, yeah, we're, we're with you, planet. We don't think we should produce oil either. So oil has become bad. Our strongest, biggest, most profitable industry has become bad. And living now in Toronto, combustible motors are bad. They don't want cars in the downtown core and and land development told us that now that he can actually build condos without Parking spaces that was once mandated—they have parking spaces for each unit sold. So the city doesn't want cars, specifically combustible cars, and well, I guess they maybe tolerate EVs. So they're throwing in more bike lanes and enjoying them for the next six months um, in this wonderful weather. No, no bikes on those lanes, but half the road gone. Uh, It's becoming it's becoming an issue, Michael. So, uh, so you got policy that's directing us away from vehicles. You got technology and so much enthusiasm around. Uh, electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles, and then you have this oil industry that continues, but uh, Canada doesn't want to participate. What do you make of all that,
4: Michael? Can you connect? Can you triangulate all that? Absolutely, a hundred percent. The reality is, is you're correct. The city of Toronto is doing everything in its power to make it as difficult as possible to drive in the city, and there's a reason for that. The only way to reduce congestion is to reduce the incentive to drive in the first place. I was a member of a community group focused on reducing traffic in my neighborhood and I had done a remarkable amount of research on this topic and adding more lanes doesn't reduce traffic vehicles just fill up all those additional lanes you need to engage in measures that reduce people's incentive to drive and the only way to effectively reduce people's incentive to drive is to give them other options bike lanes are only one option the real significant solution is transit the problem this city has is it does not invest in transit the way it should right therefore we're, we're trying to get people to not use cars, but we're not giving them viable alternatives. Good point, That's Michael. where we're falling.
1: Uh-huh. No, I, I really like that. Um, see, Europe gets it. Europe gets electric vehicles. They get electric boats. They get solar. Uh, but they also have a milder climate. And they are they have smaller cities. uh smaller homes and people live closer to place of work. That's not the way we are conditioned in North America. I think the closest commute for for most people who come to downtown Toronto is 30 kilometers. That's a close commute or 20 kilometers. Uh, Jack, how many kilometers is it for you to get to work?
2: I'd say it's probably 40.
1: You're 40 kilometers? Yeah. Uh, Which is not,
2: you know what, it's not bad when it's on the train to Michael's Point, but go down the DVP. Uh, you're attacking like, on at least a an hour, half, yeah, half hour, forty five minutes. You know, you can't you, you can't do the DVP, yeah. uh, but
1: anyways, it's uh, some some crazy things going on. And, but again, this is Canada. It's a cold climate. Uh, it's a big country. Uh, we don't need to, do We have to need to be on top of one another. I don't know. Anyways, we're talking with Michael Haynesworth. It's a real pri- uh, privilege and pleasure. Uh, formerly a BNN uh, business broadcaster, uh, he's now a contributing editor, a uh, contributing editor, uh, and host of Where's My Jetpack. Uh, he also does a lot of corporate speaking, uh, MCing. very diversified uh, talent to uh, the man spend uh, spending some time with us. Uh, commercial break, get right back to Hi-Fi Radio with Michael Hainsburg, Jack Hartle, and of course, myself. And please, any questions for Jack or I, WolfgangKlein.com. Stay tuned.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto.
1: Here we go. go Looking for my post. That's a tough one for me. Like, when can I come in over Taylor Swift? The billionaire. A billionaire.
2: Person of the year, Wolf.
1: Person of the year. It Was a Time Magazine? Yeah. Wow.
2: 2023.
1: You got to respect the Bilski. You got to respect it. You know, I, I, hey, right? Who am I to say? My daughter, very, very keen on seeing her. Uh, doesn't have tickets yet. Uh Michael, you spent 3 hours what uh, in the uh in the <laughs> in the uh, Sky was
4: the DCC? Uh I I knew nothing about Taylor Swift before my daughter took me to see uh the Taylor Swift 3 hour long movie and um I was absolutely fascinated by the entire experience. The woman is a brilliant show person. She knows her audience. The Fascinating little things like my daughter would stay up on TikTok watching people live streaming who were actually at the concerts because it would be things like, well, she's re-recording all of her music so that she can own it again. And we think that the next album is going to be this album because at this point in the concert, she came out wearing a dress that was this color, which is the color of that album. And just the social media... Frenzy that uh, develops that is absolutely remarkable. All of her dancers were wearing rings that were green, so that means that this album, just, oh, my goodness. The the thought that goes into the promotion of her as a tour de force is absolutely remarkable. And, you know, the incels on the Internet, uh, Twitter specifically, are going crazy about her being named Times Person of the Year. Uh, They can't seem to handle the idea of a strong woman who's in control of her own identity. It's been absolutely remarkable to see what she's done for the for the confidence and the the, the power of my own daughter. Hey,
1: do me a favor when you see your daughter ask her uh, if she uh, uses Elf Beauty product. My daughter loves the product, uh, Elf Beauty. Uh, interesting stock. It's good. Yeah, your daughter does. So that's got a bit of a she pop. My, my daughter also says, Daddy, uh, Lululemon, it's, 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 a, it's a staple. It's, 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 it's of the highest quality. Uh, that's a trickier stock, too. Stretchy pants uh, frighten me, believe it or not. Now look at the stock, looks like a bit of a stretchy pants stock, but, you know, up and down, up and down, but it is breaking out uh, is your daughter keen on Lululemon as well?
4: Not so much a Lululemon girl. She's not the Ugg boots and a, a Starbucks coffee type of kid. Uh, but uh, she certainly has her, her things that she likes, and a lot of it is because of direct exposure from Taylor Swift.
1: What do you? So again, you don't like Musk so much. Uh, what about TikTok, Chinese-owned uh, social media? Uh, you know the. Uh, it's pretty questionable. Eavesdropping in on you? My wife, by the way, yeah, believes by, by the believes our cell phones are eavesdropping on us. They can actually hear us speak. Uh, do, you, do you buy into that one?
4: Uh, no, do, no, 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 no. no? You, your wife is the kind of person that drives me crazy. The type of person who, who looks at their phone and says, "My phone hates me." <laughs> no, it doesn't hate you. The problem is the operator, not the device. Uh, But on the TikTok thing, I understand the very significant reservations associated with TikTok as a uh, privacy issue for the public at large, but also from a a government use perspective. Uh, And the primary reason is that built into China's um, government's policy is that if you are a Chinese company and the spies come knocking, you have to do what you're told. And if the spies want to spy on some particular politician's device, then TikTok has no choice but to comply with that. Hmm. Uh, It's easy to argue that, you know, you you might see the same thing out of Twitter in the United States or Tesla uh, or sorry, Meta uh, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. But it's built into the way that country operates. So the apprehension about TikTok as a security issue is very well founded.
1: Mm, that's very, very powerful, uh, Michael. Um, last week, if you get a chance, Michael, listen to our show last week. Uh, we had an intuition expert on uh, and if you don't know what an intuition expert is uh, I guess the phrase I would use is a psychic um, Lynn Nichols uh, joined us uh, I think it was actually the interview of the year um, and certainly very much resonates with the with 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 females uh, Lynn's clientele is 99% women Um uh, I my, my belief is uh, w- women are smarter than men and have at least a little bit more open-mindedness, if nothing else, more open-minded than men. Um, anyways, uh, asked Lynn about a whole lot of... Uh products and services and trends, uh, including uh, the obesity drug category, which she thinks is going to get stronger than weaker. And apparently it's easy to get the generics to market too. So that's going to, you will see generics coming to market uh, in that category as well. But specifically to you, Michael, uh, I asked her about Microsoft and artificial intelligence, and she said it's going to be a very dynamic year next year in the the category of AI. Uh, Where are you at right now with uh, the AI movement?
4: I am in completely in favor. I, I for one, welcome our new robot overlords. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, Michael, the pause me when,
1: when you throw a statement like that. You got to pause and let the audience digest it. What do you call them? The uh, please repeat that phrase.
4: Uh, I for one welcome our new robot overlords.
1: Over overlords.
0: Wow! Right. That's uh, cool.
4: And, <laughs> the, and I'm being facetious, and, and it's a Simpsons quote for for those who are familiar. Um, but the the ultimate upshot is is that. Artificial intelligence is not going to replace you unless you are unwilling to incorporate artificial intelligence into your work. Life. That's good. So that's what it ultimately comes down to. Is I, And, for example, I'm using artificial intelligence every day in my job now. Uh, it started off as uh, let's see if this is something that is a useful tool. And it's now become part of my day-to-day life. Uh, I use it for two primary purposes. One, uh, I do a lot of interviews with people who don't have a beautiful production studio like I do and a high-end microphone. So I take the audio from their crappy little webcam, drag it into Adobe Podcast Enhance, and I swear to God, you could not tell Hmm. the difference between my $1,000 microphone in my dozens of thousands of dollars studio and their little Logitech microphone sitting on top of their computer. It's absolutely remarkable. Hmm. And then after that podcast episode is finished, I will drag the transcript of it into ChatGPT, GPT and I will get it to give me a summary of that. And well, that's, then, yeah, that's nice. That, that's quick. But what I don't do is copy and paste and then send it off to the client. I copy and paste it into a word document, and then I rewrite it. it.
1: And you, I, see. I
4: edit it. That's good, Just Michael. Like I edited everything that was ever put on a teleprompter when I worked in TV. I will edit that, and then I paste it back into Chat GPT and say, "Compare what you wrote to what I wrote, and next time write it more like." Good and, and so it,
1: then it begins to learn your style of writing.
4: It's exactly what I'm doing. I'm training ChatGPT how to be like me. Wow. Right now, it's not very much like me, um, and it sounds a little bit more like Stephen Colbert. My buddy, sometime. my buddy
1: Santiago, one of our producers, is nodding his head like a bobble doll right now. Take uh, getting into what you're saying here, pal.
4: Yeah, this is this is one of the aspects of the future of incorporating AI into what you do. So instead of spending 30 minutes at writing rewriting because that's the key to writing good writing requires rewriting edit edit 30 minutes so important exactly instead of taking that and spending 30 minutes to an hour doing it i'm spending 10 to 15 minutes i've doubled my productivity i've tripled my productivity because i'm leveraging what is already me to apply to what i'm doing on a day-to-day basis
1: very very good michael um in terms of uh, the Fang Complex, Michael, I just want to throw it. What uh, you know, I think some of these smarts on Bain Wall Street are pondering right now. Uh, the Fang Complex, being uh, or the mega, the mega ten or Fantastic ten, whatever you want, the Facebook, the Mike, Netflix, uh, Google, Apple, uh, Nvidia, uh, they they led the charge this year. Truly did. And If you didn't have uh, you know a few of those in your portfolio, you greatly like the, uh, uh, the 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 performance of the market. Um, Perhaps we get some rotation next year, money out of the FANG complex and into other areas of the market, Uh, and what we're seeing uh, right now is anything that's interest-sensitive is getting a nice bit of a bid in it as interest rates have stabilized and are are, are weakening. Uh, I want to throw that concept over to you, Michael. Uh, Are you noticing any type of market rotation? Again, I'm the market guy, not you, but you're a very, very smart man. I know you watch everything that's taking place in the world. Uh, What are your viewpoints as, as we head into next year?
4: I will tell you this. Um, the biggest increase in interest rates in 22 years has come to an end. In 2024, we're going to start to see the overnight lending rate get pulled back as our economy slows. And what that means is there's going to be more money in the pockets of people like me who have a variable rate mortgage. My variable rate mortgage has spiked so much, it's cut literally $1,500 a month out of my disposable income over the last two years. That's a lot of money. It's an insane amount of money that isn't going into the economy. That's instead going into the bank's pocketbooks. Once that money starts going back into my pocket, I can distribute it back into the economy in ways that I haven't over the course of the last two years. And so I would be curious to see what happens with companies that are so very sensitive to consumer spending, uh, and how they'll perform over the course of the next 12 months to 24 months. As we see, the overnight lending rate go from 5%, as the CD Howe Institute is predicting, down to 4%, or according to some on the Monetary Policy Council, 3.5%.
1: Yeah, the, and again, $1,500 a month increase in your mortgage payment or interest payment uh, is very, very significant for... Uh, you know, usually banks don't uh, adjust your monthly payment upward; they just add to the amortization schedule on the piece of debt. I did catch in the elevator news today: uh, food prices remain sticky. Uh, you can expect the average household next year to spend seven hundred dollars per year more on food—seven uh, hundred bucks a year versus fifteen hundred bucks a month. Hey, food gets all the attention. The attention needs to be over here on interest rates because that's the real uh, pinch on your pocketbook. Uh, Michael Hainsworth, that was a lot of fun. Um, It's always a pleasure to spend time with my good friend. It is. Thank you. Have yourself a great weekend and a great Christmas uh, and uh, pass on my best to your daughter. Uh, our daughters should meet one day. I think they get along real well. <laughs> <laughs> Friends? Hey, the Swifties do. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I, again, I respect her billionaire status. Uh, anyways, uh, Chase producer Jack Hartle did a great job getting the show lined up for today. Santiago, of course, working the board, uh, digging them Hainsworth's uh, Intellect, when it comes to how to use chat, GPT, and technology. Yes, embrace it, my good friends. Embrace it. Don't resist it. Um, eh? uh, Charles, what is it? Um, I'm falling apart here. Uh, Charles Darwin, survival of the fittest, right? Yes. He, he, he who can adapt uh, will survive, and uh, he who doesn't adapt will perish. Please, my friends, adapt, adapt, adapt. education. Try different things, take a chance, uh, and along the way, work, save, invest, repeat. And once it gets time to retirement, redo your plan and work on an exit strategy, a consumption strategy. You control how much you put in, you then control how much you take out. And if you do the front end properly, the back end will become so much easier there's wisdom in that statement but i'm out of time next week we'll carry it on have a great weekend thank you for spending some time with jack and i uh, wolfgang klein portfolio manager uh, here for you any questions wolfgang klein, klein.com have a great weekend thank you Bye.